Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerville, a church situated in the northern suburbs of Cape Town. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that it will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. So, uh, Anna, what did you say? You said um, you've done how many years of uh, Bible school? Ten. 20 years of Bible school, and you, and what, did you say you're pastor as well? Or you're Domini, what's your title again? No title, um, and I was actually now doing a second year ministry school, but um, the point is this, that you don't need a title, um, your title is witness, by the way, your title is ambassador. That is who everyone in this room, if you've received Christ, that's your title, you're a witness, you're an ambassador. And uh, we get to go out and actually be ambassadors. We actually get to go out and be witnesses. It's not something we have to be. It's not something that we need to kind of uh, convince ourselves to, to do. But the more we realize who we are, the more it's going to come out of us. And uh, the, the testimony of Anna sharing, um, and uh, like she shared now as well, is oftentimes we're going to step out and we, we're not necessarily going to see what we thought would be awesome to see, right? We're going to sometimes pray for people. We're not going to see a manifestation or the manifestation that we desire to see. But the point is this, and this is actually a word that I got in our um, prayer meeting before, before the gathering, is a farmer doesn't stop sowing seed just because he had a bad harvest, right? If, if someone st- stops farming because they had a bad harvest, they weren't really a farmer to start off with. Because every real farmer out there somewhere in their life had a bad crop. But the next season they sow the seed again. And so I want to encourage you with regards to praying for people and sharing the gospel with people. Don't stop just because you don't see the results that you desire to see. Because if you stop, guess what's going to happen? You're never going to see the results. It's, 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 it's super profound, right? It's high grade. I have to almost explain it to you guys. It just makes sense. If you stop sowing seed, you cannot be expecting a harvest from no seed sown. Yes, maybe a seed that you sowed didn't have the harvest that you thought it was going to have, but ultimately there are things in the Spirit that we can't always measure. There are things in the Spirit that we can't always see, yet there's things happening. Why? Because of faith. Because we did something. God moves when we move. When we don't move, guess what? God's hands are kind of cut off in a sense. And I know if you believe in the, have an unhealthy view of the sovereignty of God, this is going to challenge you. But the point is this. Jesus did something. What did he do? He died, but guess what? He didn't stay dead. He was raised from the dead. But guess what? After he was raised from the dead, something else happened. And that's what we're busy with this whole last few months, the whole year, talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if I don't go, this cannot happen. This cannot come to be. The Holy Spirit cannot come and live in you. You cannot become the temple of the Holy Spirit. You cannot become the dwelling place of God Almighty. And if that does not happen, you cannot do the same works as Jesus and greater works than those. So we need to understand that God poured out His Spirit so that His Spirit can come and live inside of us so that we can be partners with God making His dream come a reality. 
which is for all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. So, when we move, God is able to move. He's limited Himself in a sense to us. Now what I'm not saying is, I'm not saying we're going to make Jesus come back. Jesus is coming back. Whether you like it or not. And I'm trusting that you're going to like it. Jesus is coming back. But the part and the role we get to play from now until the reappearing is vital. Revival, or another word for revival, is awakening. So when someone's asleep, are they dead or alive? Now I'm not talking about, you can obviously, in the Bible when it talks about sleeping, oftentimes it's referring to dead. I'm talking about just very plain. When someone is asleep, are they dead or are they alive? Okay, but they are sleeping. Now the church of God is not dead, but oftentimes we're just asleep. Which means that there's no move happening. There's no signs, there's no wonders, there's no miracles, there's no change. And that's why we, 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 we're wanting to see change in Ukraine and Russia, and we're praying for, for a whole bunch of different things. But what we should be praying for is for the gospel of God to be spread into that nation, for people to wake up. Say, wake up. Some of you need to wake up. Some of you are taking a dose. A dose off. We need to wake up because it's when we are awake that God can start moving and we can start seeing God's kingdom manifest here on earth. Amen. Let's get into the word. Ephesians chapter 6. So, this morning what we're going to do is, last year we started with a series and I think it was about 20, 21 weeks. And so uh, we never finished off with Ephesians, for those of you who can remember. Um, some of you were upset because I left the whole chapter out and we're going to cover chapter 6 this morning. And so it's a, it's a, it's a wrap-up to a series that we started last year and it's going to be awesome and it ties in beautifully with the theme that we're busy with with regards to the Holy Spirit. So Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 6 to 9, we know, we're not going to read this, but I'm just going to quickly give a recap of this. So verse 1 to 9 is talking about different relationships. It's talking about um, children and parents. It's talking about... Uh, bosses and employees, employers, and different translations talk about master servants, but in context it's basically talking about being a laborer to someone or, or someone um, paying you or having, having possession of you, but he's basically talking, so it's not, this is the problem we often make is when we read the Bible we, we get caught up in almost in the the literal, and the Bible is very literal a lot of the times, but the point here is Paul isn't promoting slavery, but he's talking about relationships, right? So we need to understand what is the author communicating and not get caught up in the distractions that we can get caught up in. So Paul is not promoting slavery. He's talking about relationships. And in chapter 5, if you can remember, we came from the relationship of husbands and wives, or more specifically, like we took, looked at in, in the series when we ministered on Ephesians chapter 5, the relationship that we, the church, have with Christ. And then he goes into the different other relationships, and you can go read about it. But all of these relationships, and even marriages, and our relationship with God, is going to be affected, or the health 
thereof is going to be affected to the degree that we know Christ. That we know who we've become in Christ. You're going to have a healthy marriage and be selfless in your marriage when you know who you are in Christ. You're going to not lose your, your focus or your, your, your patience with your children. I've got two boys and I have a lot of opportunities to lose my patience. And I'm going to be able to the be, be the best father ever in proportion to me knowing Christ and knowing His love for me. And so all of these relationships, you're going to be the best employer or employee you would have ever thought about being in proportion to. Say in proportion to. In light of you understanding who you are in Christ. And this is what the whole book of Ephesians is about. Who we are in Christ and what we can accomplish now because of that. So the first three chapters talking about who we are in Him. And then the last three now, who is he through us and what can we accomplish? So those are the first nine verses. And then verse 10, Paul further seals this truth. And he says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord. It's in Christ that you are strong. Outside of your awareness, because remember, when you receive Christ, you cannot change your position. You've got a fixed position. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's your reality. Your spirit is sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's not going to change. But your awareness of that, your, your, your conscious of that changes and can be fluctuating. So we need to be strong in the Lord. We need to understand who we are in Christ because it's in knowing that that we can actually be strong and see His mighty power manifest in our lives. You will never pray for someone who's sick if you never realize that the healer is living on inside of you. Guaranteed. If you don't believe that the healing power of God is residing on inside of you, you'll never be bold enough to say, Hey, I heard that you've got pain in your body. Like Anna, be healed in Jesus' name. You'll never do that. And some of you have never done that. Romans 8 verse 1, there's a word for you. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You don't need to feel condemned for never having to have prayed for someone yet. But praise God, you can start somewhere, right? Praise God, you are still alive. Praise God, Jesus hasn't returned yet. Because guess what? When Jesus returns... You're never going to have an opportunity to pray for a sick person again. I'm going to say that again. When Jesus returns, you are never going to have an opportunity to pray for a sick person again and see them healed. You'll never have an opportunity to see a miracle again manifest through you. Because Jesus is restoring everything to perfection. This should excite you guys. This should make you say like, man, I want to see something before Jesus returns. You're never going to be able to pray for someone to receive Christ again. You're never going to have an opportunity to share the gospel of Christ with someone again. Your time is now. Not tomorrow, today, because Jesus might be back tomorrow. 
We need to put things in perspective. Otherwise, we're going to idle through life, be passive Christians, and think that tomorrow is another day. Right? Like, <laughs> an awesome example. I think it took me nine years living in Cape Town before I went up Table Mountain. I still haven't been on Robben Island. And I'm not planning to go there, and that's fine. But the point is this. When we think there's another tomorrow, we're going to delay. We're going to pu push things out. They might not. I'm, not. I'm not prophesying doom, guys. If Jesus comes back tomorrow, I'm super excited for that. But I don't know if he's coming back tomorrow. So that means that I'm going to live today as if it's my last day, but also be purposeful about how I'm going to live tomorrow, planning tomorrow, planning my week. This, none of this is in my notes. So I want you guys to, to understand that we've got a purpose here on earth, and God's Spirit in us wants to live through us mightily, powerfully. The verse 10 from the Passion Translation says, Now, my beloved ones, I've saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. So our supernatural infusing strength comes through what? Through our life union with the Lord Jesus. That's all of our realities. If it's not your reality yet, we're going to pray with you in a moment. But this is our supernaturally infused strength is in our union with Jesus, and that's a fixed position. Stand victorious with the force of His explosive power flowing in you and through you. There is no strength apart from the strength of God's Spirit living in us. I'm going to say that again. There is no strength apart from the strength of God's Spirit living in us. But let me put it like this. There's no stand, no cause that will be remembered in eternity other than one for Christ and His kingdom. This needs, to set, this needs to hit home for some of you. No stand, no cause that you are standing for right now. None will be remembered unless it's a stand for Christ and His kingdom. The Spirit of God has got one goal through our lives, and it's soul winning and soul transformation. 1 Timothy 2.4 For all men to be saved, soul winning, for all to come to knowledge of the truth, that's transformation. Because we can only be transformed to the degree that we know something. We can only experience freedom to the degree that we know something. The opposite is true. To the degree that you don't know something, you will be living in bondage. To the degree that you don't believe the Spirit of God is living inside of you, desiring to manifest healing and miracles and power through you, to that degree that you don't know it, you will not live it out. Can I get an amen? Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get a preach? Something like that. Just to tell me that you guys are, are receiving something. That it's not just going through one ear and out the other. Only when we live from this reality are we able to impact people's eternities and leave a legacy behind. There's no legacy. Like I said, there's no cause or stand that we can ever fight for 
that will be remembered unless it is about Jesus and His kingdom here on earth. Paul made this statement to the church in Colossae, in Colossians 1, verse 28 and 29 from the Passion. He says, Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with the tireless intensity, with His power flowing through me, to present to every believer the revelation of being His perfect one in Jesus Christ. This power has a purpose. With His power flowing through me, the purpose is to present every believer the revelation of being His perfect one in Jesus Christ. God's Spirit has got a purpose, guys. And some of you are thinking, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is for you to have a comfortable life. That's not what the Word teaches. The Word doesn't teach Jesus gave us His Holy Spirit so that we can have hunky-dory lives here on earth. Jesus, in fact, which is the Spirit of God manifest in the flesh, Jesus, in fact, said that in this life, guys, wait for it, you're going to have persecution. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So you don't need to be overcome by the things that could be overcoming. There are going to be overcoming things coming into your life. There's overcoming things for the believers in Ukraine to experience overcoming but depending on focus and understanding and identity, you're either going to experience overcoming or you're going to experience being an overcomer in Christ. So let's get into the armor of God. And all of us have heard probably some interesting teachings on the armor of God. And you've seen some cool videos probably out there. There's some Spanish guy who does this uh, funny skit with the arm of God, and he does this like robotic and like, breast bread of righteousness, helmet of salvation. (laughs) Ah, it's super funny. Um, So when, let's get into the word. So Ephesians 6, verse 11. Don't go on YouTube and try and find the Spanish guy in the arm of God right now. Um, Let's stay focused on, on what God is doing here. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So a few questions to to just kind of think about as we continue looking at the different uh, pieces of the armor is whose armor is it? So Ephesians 6 gives gives us, uh, verse 11, gives us the answer to these questions. I'm going to read it again. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So whose armor is it? It's God's armor. Great. You guys are, you, are, you, are, you, have, you would have probably done very good in your, what do you call it? Um, What's that in English? Comprehension. Because the answer is there. You just need to read and then draw out the answer. Okay, so question number two to consider. What's the purpose of the armor? To stand firm. To stand firm for something specific. Right? It's not just to stand. It's not just to have a stand for X, Y, and Z. There's a lot of causes in this world. 
A lot of people are standing up for things. A lot of ungodly things. A lot of things that's not in the Bible. What do I mean by not in the Bible? Not in accordance to this scripture. The armor of God has got a specific purpose. It's God's armor. It's for standing, but it's standing against something. The strategies of the devil. Or standing for something. The spirit of God living through you. You could change those words around. Now, in light of all of this, let's continue reading. So verse 12. So it explains a little bit more about why there's a specific stand. Verse 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Now all of this is basically just saying that there's a spiritual battle. Okay? So what does that mean for, for you and me today, for an everyday believer? It means that the life you are living right now, the things that you are prioritizing, if it's not spiritual, it's probably not eternal. Jesus says in Matthew 6 that lay up yourselves treasures in heaven. He's talking about spiritual treasures. He's talking about prioritizing spiritual. Because if we're not aware of things, we're going to get caught up in this world, do things like the world, value things that the world values, fight fights that the world is determining for us to fight. Joining causes that the world is inviting us to join. But there's only one stand. There's only one cause that is going to echo into eternity. And it's the spiritual. It's the battle that Jesus fought for us. It's the reality that Jesus made possible for us. For God's Spirit to live in us, salvation in His Spirit to live through us, through a knowledge of the truth. Understanding who we are in Christ. There's a lot of things that we can do in this life. A lot of battles that we can fight. But... There's only one that counts, and it's going to echo into eternity. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9, 25 to 26. The Passion beautifully illustrates this point for us, and it says, A true athlete, so he's making it very practical for us, and he says, A true athlete will discipline, will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. Say quickly withers. So he's saying like an, an athlete in the, in the natural sense, without considering the spiritual realities that we just read about in verse 12, without considering the spiritual realities and God's desire, because God's got a desire. God created the world. God created us and he's got a specific purpose and desire for the world. That's for the world to know him, to receive him, to enjoy relationship with him, to have overflow. There's so many things coming against this, coming to, to, to fight for our attention, to make us run races like athletes fighting and, and, and practicing self-control to, to win a laurel, a wreath that quickly withers. Matthew 6, laying up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys and corrupts. But then he says, 
but we run. Now you get to decide whether you are part of the we. We run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. Say last forever. For that reason, I don't run just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches. Say aimless punches. There's a reason why the world is in the mess that it is, in the discontent that it is, dissatisfied like it is, because it's throwing punches that is aimless. It's fighting for causes that has no purpose. Now some of you are thinking, I don't even want to use examples because I don't want to offend you guys. <laughs> the thing is this, the problem with deception is you don't know. People that are deceived don't know they are deceived. And that's why we need the Word of God to show us what is truth. To lead us in all truth. Because otherwise we're going to fight for causes, stand up for things that seem good, right? That's the thing with deception. Man, it seems so good. When, when Adam and Eve were tempted in the garden, man, it was a good temptation, right? Look at that fruit. It's so, it's, it's so beautiful. Just, just behold this. Surely, surely God is withholding something from you guys. Man, imagine you knowing and, and, and being like God. That's, that's deception. And then you buy into it, and then guess what happens? Your whole life becomes a mess. And so this world is fighting causes and fighting things, fighting battles that seem like it's good to fight but it's actually aimless punches. And what does an aimless punch do? If you, if you know boxing, I mean, it's the reason why you're using boxing as a terminology. If you're a boxer and you're in a fight, the more punches you punch with effort and you miss the target, the more tired you get. When you land a punch, on the contrary, it doesn't tire you out as much. There's a lot of people boxing and fighting, but they're punching air. There's a lot of movement. And it, looks, it, looks, it looks amazing, right? Like it's, like it's, it's fast and you see the muscles and it's like... Ch -ch -ch. But it's, it's aimless. It's not hitting the target. There's one target. There's one cause. There's one stand that we are called to stand for. And the armor is talking about this for us. Let's get into it. Verse 13 to 18. And I'm not going to look at the symbolism, and we're going to quickly wrap up, and it's going to be a, a quick, bumpy ride. There might be some turbulence, just like stay seated. Don't uh, unbuckle your, your seat belts. I'm not going to get into the, the, the specific symbolisms of the, the, the pieces of armor and where they fit on the body specifically. I'm going to focus in on a few other things. So let's read quickly from the message translation because it does actually just name the things and don't get into the, the pieces specifically. So verse 13 to 18 says, Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. So that's significant in and of itself. Far more than you can handle on your own. Firstly, in order to fight this fight, you need to know who you're fighting with. You're fighting with God Almighty, Spirit living on the inside of you. 
And you're not just doing it alone. We get to do it together. Look at the person on your left. Look at the person on your right. Good stuff. Thank you for your participation. We are fighting this fight together. I want to invite you to do it together. Maybe you're going through a tough time right now. Financially, emotionally, spiritually even. You might feel drained. I might have a word of knowledge and come and speak to you about something. But I might not. So I'm inviting you to come to me if you're going through a tough time. So that we can make sure that you're healthy and we can fight this fight together. Right? Amen? So verse, it continues and says, Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued. So it's putting an urgency on all of these matters. And it says, so that when all is over, but shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. We'll come back to this. So it's talking about an application. Learn how to walk in these things. Paul also writes, he says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So all of this is saying there's a battle to fight, there's a, there's a stand to stand up for, and if it's not spiritual, it's pointless, it's aimless. It's going to tire you out, it's going to drain you. It's going to get you to a place where you're super busy, you're super successful in the world's eyes, and it seems like your life is just hunky-dory. And you're just empty. You're tired. You're weary. There's a bitter taste in your mouth. Because you're fighting a fight, you're supporting causes, and you're doing things outside of your created purpose to walk in fellowship with God and live out His purposes for your life. Learn how to apply these things. You'll need them throughout your life. God's Word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Okay. So stay with me quickly. So he lists the things. And he lists truth. Righteousness, like again, I'm not going to get into the specifics of the, 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 the armor piece and, and get into the symbolism of that. I'm going to draw out something more important for us this, this morning. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the word which is the spirit. And then he actually lists something that's not included in, in the armor pieces per se, but he's talking about prayer. Now, the prayer aspect in verse 18, the living Bible says... Pray all the time. Ask God for anything in line with the Holy Spirit's wishes. A lot of our prayers, we just kind of go out of the window if we apply this, right? Ask God for anything in line with the Holy Spirit's wishes. Oftentimes our prayers, none of us, but just those who didn't come, their prayers are very self-centered, right? Those who didn't come this morning, those who are online. Their prayers are all about them, their dreams, their goals, their houses, their dogs, their works. The Holy Spirit's wishes is God's wishes, which is 1 Timothy 2.4. 
for all men to be saved and all to come to knowledge of the truth. Now, in light of the armor of God, all of these things are referring to exactly that. This is awesome. It's not talking about... What did Jesus say about truth? I am the way, the truth, and the life. You will be led in all truth by the Holy Spirit. Truth is what we need. Truth is what the Holy Spirit brings to us. Truth is what the Holy Spirit brings to light in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit to walk in truth. We need the conviction of the Holy Spirit to be challenged. Righteousness. We can only experience righteousness by having the Holy Spirit. Because it's His Spirit that makes us righteous. Peace. We can only enjoy peace through the Holy Spirit. God is called, or the gospel is called, the gospel of peace. Jesus was called the Prince of Peace. It's the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit and a consciousness of Him, you will live in turmoil. You will be persecuted and look like you're being persecuted. Right? There's a difference between experiencing persecution and looking like it, and experiencing persecution and looking like, man, you just came from holiday. That's possible, by the way. Faith. This is an awesome one. We often think, think about faith and we've got a whole bunch of mystical ideas about faith. Faith's intended purpose is for us to grow in our understanding of who we are, what God created us to be. To believe who God says He is. To believe who God says we are. That is the purpose of your faith. And Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says that we are saved by grace through faith and it's not a gift or it's not a, a, it's a gift, it's not a work so that no one can boast. Faith is also in, in, in terms of believing on God, faith is this, this gift that becomes a supernatural force in our lives so that we can actually pray for the sick, so we can actually smile while we're going through a horrible time. So we can actually enjoy having our spirits being kept up in a sense without it looking like we, we're being persecuted and we've lost everything. That is the supernatural faith that, that we've got on the inside of us because of the spirit. Salvation. We've defined this. We've redefined what salvation is about. It's not about going to heaven. It's not about having all of your carnal needs met. Salvation is God's Spirit living in us. So again, this is talking about God's Spirit. All of this is the Spirit of God. The Word, the Spirit of God. The armor of God is God's Spirit in all of these different explanations. And why are we looking at this? Because it's important for us to understand, again, the armor has got a specific purpose for us to become aware of God's Spirit in us and His desire to live through us. It's not, different, it's not different things. It's not truth there, and then salvation there, and then we've got the word there. It's all one piece of armor, and the armor is the significance of one thing, the Spirit of God in man. I thought that would get someone excited. If we don't come to understand these simple truths, we're going to continue looking for profound things, the, the mystical and the man, the... Paul said this, I didn't come to you in eloquency of speech. I came to you not knowing anything. Guess what? Paul knew stuff. So when he said, I came to you not knowing anything, he meant, he purposed 
not knowing anything except one thing. I've got a room full of a bunch of intellectuals this morning. I'm not saying you guys are more intellectual than you are spiritual, but I know I've got clever guys in this room. We've got engineers, we've got lawyers, we've got a whole bunch of different people, different backgrounds, and you're clever. The fact that you're sitting in this building and you came to church, that means you're clever. You're at the right place. This is, this is a good place to be. So you made a clever uh, a choice there this morning. Now the point I'm trying to make with, with that is, Paul didn't say I was, I was stupid and I didn't know anything and so all I knew was Jesus, so I just preached Jesus. No, he purposed to not know anything except one thing. In your life, you can choose to purpose, not knowing anything, not counting on anything, not pursuing and purposing anything other than one thing. Because now what I'm saying with this one thing, I'm not saying we need to um, sit with our noses in the Bible and, and stop going out into the world. No, we are in this world, we're not of this world. Jesus, if His ultimate pu uh, purpose for your life was to be in heaven, He would have taken you when you received Him, right? Can I get an Amen. So that, we need to understand, we've got a purpose to live out here on earth. If heaven was the aim, every person would have been taken up into heaven as soon as they received and said yes to Jesus. Yet that did not happen. All of us are testimonies of that. So you've got a purpose here on earth to live this out, but the more we come to know one thing, God's Spirit in man, God's Spirit living through man, the more we're going to live it out and make decisions in accordance with that. There's only one war to fight, only one war that will be recorded in the history books, and it's the war for souls, winning souls. Ephesians 6, 19 to 20, coming to a close. Hold on, almost done. And pray also that God's revelation would be released through me, and every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hopeful gospel, yes, pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with bold freedom at every opportunity. Say every opportunity. What does that mean, Paul? Like, does that mean that like, you need to have a burning bush, you need to have an audible voice to show you that this is an opportunity? What are you meaning, Paul? Like, like, do you mean that when, you, when it's going well and like your, your bank account is looking good? What are you meaning? Like, is it circumstantial? Are you talking about circumstances, Paul? Well, let's continue reading. Even though I'm chained as a prisoner, I am his ambassador. Even while he was in prison, that didn't change his ambassadorship. That didn't change his citizenship. That didn't change his identity and title as a witness. Each one of us, if you've received the Spirit of God, you are, by DNA, an ambassador, a witness. And guess what? As you know then, uh, the terminology, you should know it by now. Ambassador or a witness is of something. Ambassador of somewhere. The ambassador of the American coming to South Africa, they're representing something. They're not representing themselves. As a witness, you're not witnessing and coming up and bringing up something that is strange. It's an eyewitness of something that you're testifying of. So by default, we are witnesses, ambassadors of not our kingdoms, not our goals, not our dreams, but of His. 
His kingdom, His will be done here on earth. Let's stand together. Jesus made possible what we are celebrating today and will for all of eternity. This whole series, Him in us, oneness with God and oneness with one another. And then Jesus also poured out His Spirit for us to enjoy completeness. But not just that, so that we can have Him live through us. The aim wasn't just Him in us, but the aim was also Him through us. You need to, you need to really make a decision right now to know this and to settle this in your heart. Jesus' Spirit wasn't just poured out for us to enjoy oneness with Him and with one another, but His Spirit was also poured out to be manifest through us. As Jesus says in John 15, that my Father is glorified by what? Not by His Spirit living in you. Yes, that brings glory to God. But Jesus says that my Father is glorified through you bearing much fruit. And those fruits are the fruit of the Spirit. Oftentimes we, yes, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, those things are amazing and they are portrait and we want to see them. But oftentimes we neglect and we see small of the fruit of love, the fruit of forgiveness, the fruit of patience, the fruit of self-control. We often neglect and just put those things aside and say like, no, those are for the baby Christians, yet we never, we've never matured in those things, Right? He desires to live through us, fruit-bearing His children. Jesus was called the first seed. That's fruit. And we are fruit of that first. And guess what? There's many more other fruit to be plucked. That's souls, people needing to come to know Jesus. And we get to bring Jesus to them. If you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to visit us at one of our gatherings. To find out more, please contact us at info at or visit us at gracelife.co.